This episode of All In San Diego is brought to you by Bubs Naturals. Yeah, Bubs. I'm the cheering section over here. Bubs. Look, <laughs> some people took the last year and a half as an opportunity to reel it in and and start new great habits and really mm-hmm. tighten things up. Um, yeah. But if you're not one of those freaks, <laughs> you're yeah. probably now trying to add things to your daily routine to make yourself look and feel better. Bubs Naturals is a San Diego-based company, and their products will help you do both. Yeah, their two big products are the MCT powder and the collagen. AJ, you use the MCT powder. Which I will go all in on another time, but you tell us why you put the collagen in your coffee every morning. You mentioned people getting all tight, you know, during this break, during this pause. I wouldn't say that things got tight, but I use the collagen, which makes my hair and nails very luxurious. And also, this started all the way back when we were doing morning radio, but every morning I would put a scoop of the Bub's collagen powder in my coffee because I felt like it filled me up just enough to get me through those few morning hours to where I could sit down and have a really good healthy breakfast. It kind of bridged the gap for me between my morning coffee and my late, late breakfast or early lunch. So it helps your coffee do its thing and get you through your morning routine a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And over time, you see the results in the brightness of your skin, uh, the thickness of your nails. Really, my wife uses collagen too. It makes a huge difference in the thickness of your hair. And Bubs has a special offer for all in San Diego listeners. Mm -hmm. So if you go to bubsnaturals.com, you can use our code. It's all in, A-L-L-I-N. You just put that in and it's going to get you 20% off site-wide. 20% 20% off. That is a real discount. That's bubsnaturals.com. And our code is all in. It's great stuff. Go check it out. You guys can't see me right now, but I'm doing a hair flip with my luxuriously long, thick, healthy hair. It's unreal. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> now, welcome to All In San Diego, where we're all about highlighting the people and places that make San Diego awesome. And this episode highlights both. The place is the world-famous San Diego Zoo, and the person is Zookeeper Rick. Rick's a lot of fun, and we're going to tap into his 21 years of experience to make sure that by the end of this episode, you'll be a pro at doing the zoo. Join us as we go all in on the world-famous San Diego Zoo. Zookeeper Rick, thank you for joining us. Well, hey, thanks for having me, guys. Always fun talking with you. Uh, absolutely. Well, I know how busy you are, especially with everything just back in effect. And uh, how are things at the world famous San Diego Zoo? We are up and running. Uh, it's it is amazing. You know, I think we spoke before how the community really stepped up and supported us during the closure. You know, we had donations coming in, people calling, making sure we're okay. What can we do to help? Oh. And and now it's just our pleasure to. With everything lifted here in California to welcome everybody back in full effect, the bus tour is open, you know, all the all the other tours that we all know and love. It's just great. It's great. And the place is full. I had friends posting pictures of their first days back at the zoo, and it was like they could not contain their joy. That is one of those places where you push through those gates and it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to be here. I haven't been here in so long and experienced it in this way again. And that's it must have been so exciting those first few days. Well, you know, it, it exciting, a little bit nerve wracking. You know, all all the things when something big is about to happen in your life. You know, we we of yeah. course have been 
the zoo has been going a hundred years plus, and we know how to work with our, our, our crowds and our members and our guests. But it's one of those things too, where you kind of, for all of us, I think, and not just us at the zoo, I think everybody experienced sort of that June 15th experience where it's like, okay, yes. what's, what's it going to be like now? It's <laughs> yes. official, you know, and, and you kind of have that energy about you, about, you know, going back to doing things you love doing here in San Diego. And, um, yeah. you know, it was just, it's just really nice. It's just, yeah, you know, it's just kind of that that weight lifted off our shoulders, and of course, we're still aware, we're still careful. You know, you might see a lot of our staff still wearing masks because there's a lot of species we still don't know enough about on how the virus may or may not affect them. So we we want to limit the opportunities mm. for that to transfer back and forth. But for the most part, you know, as a guest coming into the zoo, uh, just show up at opening and get ready to spend the day. Well, our goal in the course of this podcast is to turn everyone listening into a zoo pro. Most people have been to the zoo a few times. It's one of the must-do things in town, uh, but there's so much to do. You always leave feeling like, did I see everything? Did I do all the things I should have done? <laughs> and I'm glad you mentioned the bus tour because that's one of those things I think a lot of people walk in, they see that bus, and they go, is it worth getting on that thing? I could just walk around and do this on my own terms. For people who have always passed on the bus tour, start with that. What is that all about? Certainly. Well, that goes right into what I recommend. I mean, so people understand I've I've been working at San Diego Zoo for almost 21 years now. So I, I kind of know the ins wow. and outs a little bit, you know. And mm-hmm. and so I would say the bus tour really is great to start this interview off because that's what I recommend you start your day off with. The, the, the bus tour is very popular and the line gets longer as the day gets longer. And so you're going to end up wasting more time standing in line for it if you wait to do it midday or end of the day. So I really, really recommend if you're thinking about doing it and you haven't done it in a while, or, or you're maybe if you're a San Diego and you have family with you who have never done it, go for it. Because you get a nice overview of the entire zoo. It's narrated so you have an understanding of what animals are in what areas. And that way, then you can go, okay, I definitely want to walk back to this area later today and spend more time here. That one, okay, there, I'm not as interested in those species over there, so I'm going to skip that one. So it's a great way to get that yeah. overview of everything and an understanding of what's going on in the zoo and the safari park, uh, both because we talk about both on all of our tours. And then you get you, where you get dropped off, you're kind of right back at the, the center front portion of the zoo again. So you can kind of go, okay, we saw that, we saw this, we didn't see this, this is where we're going next. The other yeah. side of it then too, is if there's a, a particular species that is your favorite species that is a must see, the bus tour might help you find where that animal is as well, because it does cover so much of the zoo. Yeah, get a lay of the land. Because it's so big. Yes. That's the other benefit of the, the bus tour at the zoo is that's a 100 acre zoo with hills and valleys, as most people who've been there know. So the bus tour allows you to cover a lot without getting exhausted. <laughs> you know, I went, when I went when the kids were really little with the stroller and everything, I always got home and felt like, I'm so proud of myself. That was actually a major workout for me today too. So I took the kids to do something amazing. And I also got my workout in with all those hills and everything. Oh, absolutely. You know, we have, uh, in the past, there was a mommy stroller group that would meet every morning first thing and they had just put themselves together. It was just a group of friends and the group kind of grew over time. And every morning at opening, they, the stroller brigade would come in and the, yeah. you know, the, the kids <laughs> had fun brigade. and the moms would get a good workout in because you could yeah. really, you could really get your blood pumping going up and down those Hills yeah, and pushing a stroller. Diaper bag is good for arm weights. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we know there are a lot of fun activities and things to do, but it's the zoo. We have to start with the animals. Most people have their favorite. I'm a primate guy. I love the gorillas and the monkeys, and I love the polar bears. Uh, but once you've seen your favorites, what, what are some things that people, uh, some some species that that people should be turned on to that are, that they really should visit more when they're there? 
Well, yeah, you know, and that's a again another one of my recommendations. If you have a particular species that is your absolute favorite, a must see. I always recommend a show up just before the zoo opens, so when it opens, you're in the door, and then you can go right to that must see species. Most animals are active in the morning and the evening, which is great because the zoo during the summer is open very late, so you can take advantage of both. Midday, majority of species are going to start taking a nap. Now you can probably still see them, but you know if you want to see that tiger walking around or the polar bear swimming, I would recommend going in the morning uh, just to see that activity. And then, yeah, what do you do next? After you've checked the box of your, you've seen your, your, your apes and your polar bears that are your favorites there, AJ, what's next? I would recommend going to a place you wouldn't necessarily think to go. Look on that map and find maybe an aviary or, you know, if you're not a bird person or maybe there's a primate species you've never really looked at before, go check it out. You know, lemurs are awesome or the penguins, of course, are always a lot of fun. And the reason I recommend going to places, you know, like once you've seen your favorites, like, okay, what what would I maybe skip otherwise? Go there because the the thing I've learned in my 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 years of working with animals there's not a single species that is not fascinating. I mean, you go to an aviary and you just sit down for a little bit and watch. It's truly amazing. Like in our Africa rocks area, we've got this aviary that you've the upper platform you can be in and then a lower walkway you can go into. And you can hear the birds, but because the aviary is so big and the birds, of course, blend into their environment, well, you don't always see them right away. But if you spend time in there, these birds are flying around doing their thing. And the flashes of colors, you get to see the interactions you get to see. Uh, It's just really, really fascinating. And the other side of it, too, what what gives you the heebie-jeebies? You know, the reptiles. A lot of people don't like the reptiles. <laughs> I know. I and, know. And I really recommend if there's something you're not too sure about, you got to go see it because that that fear of fascination happens, you know, and, and that that idea that I'm not sure about that, it kind of creeps me out. But when you really get a chance to look at it safely, which is the reptile house, you can be safe. You can really get an appreciation for just how yeah. amazing nature is. You guys have an, a whole new Komodo dragon exhibit, don't you? Yes. Since the last time it, I was there anyway. Yeah, we just opened that a, about a month ago. Uh, so if anyone, you know, our, all of our San Diego listeners, the Children's Zoo, the Hollingbird Habitat, and the Komodo Dragon area have been under construction pre-pandemic. And we were working our way through and trying to stay on top of it all. And the new areas are are absolutely amazing. The Children's Zoo is, is yet to open. We still are putting some finishing touches, so that'll probably be near the end of this year. But the Komodo Dragon Habitat and the Hummingbird Habitat have opened. And if you were ever a fan of either of those areas before, you are going to fall in love with what we've done. The Komodo Dragon area, it's three different habitats that can be connected or, or in any order, any way we want. They're, the way it's set up, the Komodo Dragons will be basking right where you can see them. Uh, the the whole structure is very green in the sense that it's the, the wood that's used and the way we do the lighting in there. Uh, it's it's very state of the art. So it's all natural light, but it also then can keep things the right temperature and we can adjust that appropriately as need be. And so it's great for the environment. It's great for the animals. And you as a viewing experience for the guests going in there to really see these animals and get to know them is it's just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful habitat. And then again, like we we're talking earlier about the aviary, you go into hummingbirds, hummingbirds are very small. And this is a very large space yes. in comparison to the size of the hummingbird. So again, I encourage you, this is one of those times where you go in with the intent to slow down and stop and enjoy. And you're going to be fascinated. It's just so many beautiful birds in there along with the hummingbirds. Uh, It's just such a gorgeous area. I can't wait to check that out. 
Absolutely. We started with the big guided bus tour, but there's a, a kangaroo bus as well. What's that all about? Right. So when you when you show up, in fact, I would actually recommend before even showing up, go to our website, uh, sdzwa.org or sandiegozoo.org. Either one of those will work. And you can kind of plan your day. Like if you know you're going with certain people who have certain things they need or, or want to see, you, all the information is there for planning your day. There's even a tab, plan your day. And so you don't have to buy your tickets there online if you don't want to. I recommend it. It's easier if you show up with tickets in hand. Uh, but you also then have an idea before you step in. I think one of the more challenging things a family can do is walk into the zoo, grab a map and go, okay, so what do we want to do? And then you spend about yeah. a half an hour debating about what you're going to do. And <laughs> you've just lost 30 minutes of your day. Right. So yeah. uh, definitely do that. But yeah, so you're saying the kangaroo bus. So Part of the, the tour package, then, you know, the kangaroo bus has certain stops throughout the zoo that allow you to hop on a hop off, hence the name kangaroo tour. It's not going to be as in-depth oh. narration <laughs> as the actual full bus tour. The full bus tour is you get on, you stay on all the way to the end, then you get off. The kangaroo is more of a, you can get on and off in certain areas, and the the tour part isn't nearly as in-depth because the goal really is to get you delivered to certain parts of the zoo. You know, we also have our, our Skyfarias open, the air tram. Uh, that's always happening. Takes you one side of the zoo to the other. Always a good time. Incredible views of Balboa Park in downtown San Diego from up there, along with incredible views of the zoo. So there's a lot of different ways to get around the zoo. Uh, it just depends on what, what your needs are, what you're looking to do, and, and what you want to do with your family. The Skyfari is the best way to get to my polar bears, too, without having to walk yeah. a million miles. That's, yeah. exactly. That's the way to go. Yeah, if you are big on wanting to get to the, the other side of the zoo real quick, your best bet, as soon as you come in those front doors, is hang a left and go to the, the Skyfari. Now, Skyfari opens a little bit later in the morning, so if you are, are doing my recommendation of showing up at opening, skip skip that step because it won't be open yet and you'll be disappointed. But you can still uh, trek through the zoo uh, you know, and get to your polar bears first thing in the morning if you want to. What else is back by the polar bears? If you wanted to get back into that far, far side of the, the zoo, what else is over there? Yeah. So w if you take Skyfari over, uh, the, one of the best things you can do once you get off of there is, you, you know, you come down the hill sort of from the Skyfari landing, you can make an immediate right. And that's going to take you down to polar bear plunge. You'll see all of our Arctic species there. We, we have a wide variety of species that kind of help round out the idea of what lives amongst the polar bear. And these are North American species for the most part. And, they, you know, it's just really a, a nice sort of little transformation to this Arctic wooded area. There's pine trees back there. And suddenly you're like, wait, this is San Diego? <laughs> wait, what mm -hmm. am I doing? Right. You know, um, but the other option then is if you come off the Skyfari and you go to the left, you catch one habitat that's just the sort of the, the last part of the North uh, American species. And that's our, our mountain lions or cougars. We have a couple of them over there. And then a little bit further, one habitat area, or I should say entire space of the zoo that's near and dear to my heart is Elephant Odyssey. And that's the area where when you oh, yeah. first go in, it has that sort of uh, La Brea tar pit sort of look to it and fossils to kind of give the, how do we know what was here, you know, back, you know, 16,000 years ago or more in the Pleistocene era. And then as you kind of move into the area where the animals are, you see these statues that Basically, these statues represent the the ancestors of the animals we have for you to see. So the American lion represents the ancestor of the African lion, and the Columbia mammoth is the ancestor of the the Asian elephant. And you know the list goes on as you kind of have this really unique experience uh, of 
uh, animals that were once found right here in you know Southern California. And so often we're, we're accustomed to going to the zoo and it's like, okay, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to go to Asia. I'm going to see these parts of the world and these animals. This is a mix of animals that we currently have from all over the world because their ancestors once lived right here in Southern California. So it's a really unique take. And I really enjoy sort of meandering through that and seeing all the animals. So this might be sort of a silly question, but... I love silly questions. Go for it. The animals at the zoo have always been used to people being around mm -hmm. all day, every day, until it was time to go to sleep. And for so long, just, you know, the people, the, the staff was there. Were there any animals once the zoo reopened where you felt like they were like, oh man, I kind of really liked it when... <laughs> There weren't all these people staring at me. Like, did they act differently, you know, like when the zoo was closed to the public? I'm so glad you asked this. It's one of my favorite stories that I, I witnessed personally. And, and it's a great question because we didn't know. You know, the San Diego Zoo has closed twice in its it, prior to the pandemic, only closed twice and both times only for a day uh, in the history of the hundred and some odd years we've been open. So they'd always been used to having people around every day. Exactly. Exactly. We have people around every single day pretty much since the, since the place opened. And for all of us, when it first closed down you know, from the pandemic, it was really an odd experience to be walking through there as an employee with nobody else around, which I've done first yeah. thing in the morning before opening or after closing. But 11 o'clock in the morning, it was just weird. And weird, yeah. we did notice uh, the, the gorillas and, and a few of the other primates were kind of like, you know, okay, where, where are my people, you know? And after a few oh. weeks, we all kind of fell into our routine and got used to not having people around. And so then when it came to the initial first opening, when we could open to the public under limited capacity, we're all kind of like, okay, how's this going to go? And I was doing an interview, actually uh, a taped interview for CNN in front of our giraffes about how the pandemic impacted our organization on the day we opened to the public. We had just wrapped doing the interview. As guests kind of came around the corner, we were in front of giraffes and it was, it was hilarious. They actually turned their cameras back on to get the shot because all the giraffe came to the very edge it, I mean, it, the, the, the epitome of rubbernecking, you know, these long six foot necks, they're cranking their heads yeah. around, watching the people come in around the corner to their area. And they all just sat there and stared at them. They, they all lined up and just staring at the people like, wow, they're back. And it was hilarious. Back. Where it have was, you been? Yeah, exactly. It was so, I mean, you, you just don't know what to expect. You know, are they going to even notice? And oh, will they maybe like, oh, they're too close. I don't want them. These guys were right up front staring right back at the people for a good 30, 40 minutes before they went back to doing their normal routines. And we found that across most of the zoo is the animals, I don't want to say they were happy because I don't know their exact emotions, but they they yeah. sure looked like they were curious and interested in all the people that were back on grounds all of a sudden. So it was pretty fun That's to see awesome. that happen. Yeah, it was really fun. I imagine the flamingos that are, you know, they're right there when you first walk in and they're used to getting tons of attention and people stopping by. They're probably like, okay, showtime, everybody. Right? Exactly. People are back, you know, look alive. Look alive. We're on, we're on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's been great. It's been so wonderful, you know, having the, the, the limited opening that we could do initially and now being fully back open. It's just been wonderful. All oh, the outpouring so from the San Diego community and, and the how our staff and animals have just gotten right back in the swing of things and enjoying uh, being with our guests and sharing what we know and what we love about yeah. animals. Yeah, because we sure missed you guys, man. That, I mean, it's such a big part of people's routine, especially if you've got an annual pass and you were used to going. I mean, when we lived down south, that was where we'd go to get out and walk around. It was like, mm -hmm. wow, how special that 
our get out and enjoy some sunshine spot is this world famous San Diego Zoo. Who gets to do that, you know? Yeah, and I think that's something, I mean, I don't know, for myself, I think I learned just is how much of the wonders of San Diego we can sometimes take for granted because we live here, yeah. you know, and then the pandemic yeah. kind of pointed out like, hey, you know, these are, you you could do some pretty awesome things all the time without even, you know, oh, I guess we've got a couple hours, let's go walk the zoo, you know, I mean, it's, if you're a member especially. So it's one of those things where, yeah, it's just that to to have everyone back and knowing how important it was, you know, we have groups that come in that are, are members that do their 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 daily walks. Like I mentioned, we had the, the stroller brigade mm-hmm. for a long time, and we have our yeah. regulars. We see they become your family. You know, you're 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 at work five days a yeah. week, and, and the animals are definitely your family. But your members who are there every day too, and ask the questions and know the staff. They know the animals, and it's just been wonderful to kind of you know be reunited, if you will. I feel like you're always standing about five or 10 feet from someone who goes every day and is like, Lau Lau's in a bad mood today. They know yeah. the animals. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, but it's true. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the animals have their own personalities. Uh, you know, that's something that, that is always kind of fun to talk about, too, is that sometimes people think, oh, gorilla's a gorilla, a penguin's a penguin. And yes, each species is different. But within that group that you're looking at, there are individual personalities. And if you're fortunate enough to be around one of our volunteers, you know, or the, the uh, wildlife care specialist or keeper that works there, you really get a lot of information about those individuals and their their personalities and their daily lives and, and what, you know, what, what they're doing in the moment versus what they were doing yesterday and, and things like that, you know, and it's just, it's so wonderful to, to have that experience. And I think we're very fortunate here in San Diego, you know, with the zoo and Safari Park both, it's just that you can go to another part of the world just by going to the zoo <laughs> and, and have that experience of getting to yeah. those animals. Speaking of animals' names in other parts of the world, I've always <laughs> wanted to get an answer to this question, and I know you'll be able to do it. Okay, I'll see uh, what I can here do. In a, so if, if, you, if you go to the San Diego Zoo, the animals all have names that reflect where they're originally from. The pandas have Chinese names. If it's an African animal, it has African names. It makes total sense to me. It's a, it's a very nice tradition. If you go to a zoo in China and you see a horse, is it named Larry? <laughs> <laughs> That's Larry and Steve over there. That's Larry That's and Steve. Yeah. There's do they, in do the they back. Do they for our, our animals? <laughs> There's Susan. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I guess he's the North American raccoon family. You know, having Steve, Jake, and and yeah. Susan. Yeah. No, I really yeah. don't know. I honestly couldn't say if they if that's how it's done. All <laughs> zoos, you know. <laughs> that's a, but it's a solid question. It's a solid question. You know, our, at our facilities, we try to to uh, give them names that reflect the regions or areas that they're from. We want to be respectful of the, you know, not only the the cultures, so but also be respectful of the fact that recognizing that these animals come from different parts of the world. But that said, you can come across a gorilla named Monroe, you know, and so a lot of times our animals will get named either at other facilities and and come to us then for the SSP program, which is where we work with other zoos for breeding programs. And so you might end up with an Ed, you know, somewhere in there. Uh, But also, too, sometimes uh, we will have uh, really, uh, really unique opportunities for people who want to sponsor the zoo in some way and they'll they'll offer basically to do that uh, with the opportunity to name one of the animals as well so you know the naming sometimes is a tricky fish for us of a lot of the species but to go back to your question i do not know if there's a horse named larry in china (laughs) okay 
Fair enough. You you said something about breeding, and it reminded me of another silly question I wanted to ask you. Was there like a baby boom at the zoo? Because they were like, oh, around. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's no one here. Were Let's there, go. Were, were there more babies? Uh, <laughs> no, Sarah. Uh, there, I mean, you, there was, there, I wouldn't call it a boom. We did not stop our okay. breeding programs that we have in place. So there was sort of that sensation for many of our guests that because we were closed for about three months, that when yeah. they did get to come back, all of a sudden there was a bunch of new faces. There were new babies. Mm. But it wasn't necessarily a boom outside the normal population okay. growth that we experienced <laughs> in our breeding program. It just kind of seemed that way. Okay. So I think one of the biggest tips you gave, and it's come up uh, on a couple of episodes of this podcast, which is prepare before you go. It seems so obvious, but I'm going to be totally honest. I've never done it. I'm the dad that <laughs> walks through the turnstiles, grabs the map, and wings it every time. Same. Uh, I, and why would I ever do that again? I'm going to do that whenever I'm going to, to any kind of big place now. Um, but you, you plan everything, including where you're going to eat, because there are a lot of options. Don't wait till everyone's hangry from walking all those miles. <laughs> and so so uh, I know it's not your area of expertise, but you're there all the time. What are some recommendations for where to eat? Well, you know, it depends on what you're looking for. And, and I would say we have a full sit down, amazing restaurant in the middle of our tropics area. It's called Albert's Restaurant, named after one of our original gorillas back in the day, Albert. And it's it's delicious. We have a, an executive chef that has put together a seasonal menu. So it's one of those things where you're at the, you're at a zoo. You don't expect this caliber of food, but it's really good. Uh, but it is a sit-down meal. So you have to decide, do I want to spend time sitting down in a restaurant and, and versus do I want more time out in the zoo? Now, if you're going to be there, honestly, all day, summer, we're open really late. If you're going to be there all day, then yeah, do a sit down lunch. Enjoy, you know, because your your morning and evenings are going to be more animal activities than, than not. So take advantage of that. But if you're looking more for traditional zoo food, we have that. We have several stands across the zoo where you can grab a, a big old bucket of popcorn, you know, and just snack your way through the zoo if you want. Uh, there's the Sabretooth Grill, which has a lot of farm fresh type meals over in Elephant Odyssey. Uh, and then, like I said, there's traditional, you could get hamburgers and hot dogs. We have a, you know, a wide variety of things you can pick from. But again, like you said, you don't want to wait till everyone's hangry because there's probably going to be a line because everyone's going to get hungry about the same time. So if yes. you, if yeah. you can, if you can maybe think about breaking away from your zoo trek earlier than traditional lunchtime so you can get ahead of that line or maybe snack past the traditional lunchtime. So then you don't have as much of a line to wait for when you do sit down for lunch. So. There's always that to consider because I've seen it plenty of times where it's like, go, go, go. Let's see as many animals as possible. And then it's lunch, you know, high noon. It's lunchtime. And everybody's yeah. lined up to get food. And you got a four-year-old who is just needs that chicken nugget now or it's not going to happen. Melting down. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, don't, don't wait till people get hangry. We're all excited to get back to the world-famous San Diego Zoo. And when we do, we're going to check the website first. Absolutely. Probably get our tickets there because it's easier. It's Plan a lot easier. the whole day. Yep. We're going to get there. We're going to either go see our favorite animal or do the bus tour first. Yep. And whichever one you don't do first, you do second. Exactly. And then you're going to go about your business, check out all your favorites, and uh, execute the plan that you made before you went and see all these amazing animals. We are so lucky to live in a place that has a world-famous zoo and lives up to the title. And we're so they're so lucky to have you as a spokesperson, Rick. You're, uh, you're amazing at it. And every time you get in front of a camera on a microphone, you make people excited about going to the zoo again. Oh, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I really do. And one last tip. Even if you're a local San Diegan, you might forget this. Your sunscreen. 
Where the yes. zoo is situated oh, close yeah. enough to the bay, we get that cool air in, and you don't realize that you're in the sun all day long. It's a 100-acre zoo. You're outside all day long. You don't need to get that burn. You don't need that burn. <laughs> it's no good. So I always recommend comfortable shoes and sunscreen, and you're going to have a great day. Yeah, I you're pretty it. worn out after a long day walking around that zoo. You don't need to get home tired and sunburned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Great final tip. Thank you for joining us, my friend. Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Looking forward to another time with you. Well, next time we're going all in on the uh, safari park. So we'll do that sooner than later. <laughs> That's a deal. Look forward to that. All right, there you are, all set for your next trip to the amazing San Diego Zoo. Thanks for listening. Uh, we, in the past, we've asked you to subscribe to the show, which we still love for you to do if you're on Spotify or Google Podcasts. But if you're on Apple, it's now a follow. They've changed things. Why do they have to do that? Why do they have to right. just go as soon as you get used to something? But I'll, I'll tell you how to do it. It's actually pretty easy. So you just search for the All In San Diego podcast. And then once you open it up, in the upper right-hand corner, there's those three little dots. You click that and you hit follow. That's it. And then you'll be subscribed, but they're calling it follow. <laughs> and then you won't miss a thing. You'll be all set. Thanks for listening to this episode and uh, have a great one. Bye.